Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Hey, we're back in the studio with Derek Moore. What's up, Derek? Hi. How's it going? It's going great. That was a great, that was organic, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's always funny because, like, I think people know whenever I'm recording that we've been here for a few minutes, so it's, like, always now funny to, like, lead in. Now they do. It's a, it's, you've seen how the sausage is made. Yeah. I'm, I'm blowing the up the whole thing, yeah. <laughs> Derek, I've been wanting to have you on for a little while, man, uh, since you collabed with a project on uh, with my buddy Adam, and, of course, anybody listens to this show knows that Beach Language um, Adam Lanier, his project, um, that's the, uh, you hear that every single episode leading in. I have one of their songs as my intro music and outro music, so shout out to those guys. What up, Adam? Uh, but yeah, man, um, the Stream Crusher Project, can you talk a little bit about that? And for people that don't know who you are, kind of like what you do with that and everything? Sure. Um, so Dream Crusher, I kind of started around the beginning of the pandemic because what else was I going to do? Um I kept wanting to make music, and I've been composing music for quite a while, but typically I'm relegated to just bass or some input in the bands that I'm in, and I have a bunch of more material that the bands don't want to use a lot of the time because it's not the right fit or whatever. And so I got the wise idea to just write a bunch of instrumentation and feature different vocalists on each track. And so that would kind of hopefully generate some buzz internally, too, because they're going to talk about the thing. I'll talk about the thing. And uh, each song has its own character. They all are very different because it's very different singers. And it's not necessarily one style of music. Uh, it kind of started as like a video game arcade kind of thing. I was making like podcast bumper music and just anything that sounded fun uh, that I could make in GarageBand with basic MIDI stuff. And as I kept messing with things and getting singers to actually say, yeah, I'll work on that, which was surprising, um, <laughs> I got more intense about the pop writing aspects of it and dialed it in and have worked with some different like mixers and engineers that have been really helpful in expanding the the sound and making me sound a lot more polished right yeah it's always helpful to have someone like that because there's people that just all they do is master and mix and everything yeah yeah and uh, i try to work with a different array of people from all oklahoma city uh just because i'm trying to keep it local yeah man that's cool as far as like the process i know you've had like uh adam and you've had Lindsay, i think more recently yeah Lindsay cox from stepmom yeah so shout out to Lindsay. um uh, what's like the process with that like are you writing the lyrics or are you just giving them the instrumental and then they're writing the lyrics to it like how does that work yeah uh it's i've got <laughs> it varies oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's there, <laughs> there's not a formula to dream crusher i've kind of like just it's happening and then i'm deriving what it is from what happens it's kind of a backwards reverse engineer thing uh but yeah so i'll have like sometimes 20 seconds of music that I'll send to the singer and they'll say, oh yeah, I've got an idea. Um, I know a special thumbs, Joey, that was the first one that I did. He sent me back what I had sent him. It was, I'd sent him maybe 20 seconds and he sent back a fully orchestrated song. Like he'd made what I had as the verse, the chorus and added in a section and put like instrumentation stuff over it. And was, okay, well, this is great. <laughs> you did a, a lot of work on this. And, uh, yeah, then with Bradley from Blue Morrison and uh, Poor Sap and all, 
Yeah, Bradley Morris, what's up? All his 10,000 bands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just had a pretty much a skeleton of a pop song written, and I just sent it to him, and he kept it in that exact form and just ran with the vocals. But I, oh yeah, so I have like almost nothing to do with the vocals. That's it. Like they do all the, the lyrics, the, the melodies. Um, I am just sending instrumentation stuff. Right. And that one was for the one you're talking about with Bradley was Frankie, wasn't it? Frankie, yes. So that was actually the first. Uh, anyone that listens knows we do knows we do after school anime on Monday nights at Pony Boy, and that was actually the first music video that you sent me. I think was the Frankie one, and I included it in our programming. Excellent. Yeah. So that was always people always it you definitely would turn heads. People would be like, "What the heck is going on in this video?" <laughs> yeah, it's just a fun quirky <laughs> pop. The uh, video is pretty fun. We set up. Uh, I paid a choreographer to come in and write a dance, and then she just danced the the whole thing through, and we put it in front of a green screen and made a nice little quirky kind of Tim and Eric-style video. Yeah, and Tim and Eric is totally the vibe. Yeah, some, some like 80s VHS stuff. I've, I've tried to keep a, a bit of tongue-in-cheek humor about all of this. That's kind of the name Dream Crusher, where I'm trying to live my dreams. You know, it's the industry can be a little cruel, and it is funny. Oh, definitely, and you just kind of collabing with people and just having fun with it seems like yeah that was like the you gave me an opportunity to work on an animated music video which i've wanted to make for the longest time for the song that you did with adam yeah thank uh, you hear so me much out. too this, it was it, it turned out really well it was pretty well received too i, I still included in my programming and stuff and i think a lot of people were like what the hell <laughs> like, yeah it's funny because i personally have no knowledge of anime anything and i watched this and still was just like oh wow i get it that's cool and then sent it to friends of mine that are into anime and they're all just had nothing but good things to say about it it's like Harold's cool. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> What's that whole thing of like, I don't know, it's AMVs were definitely kind of the thing that started it, but there's all slew of like kind of what they've evolved to is like um, aesthetic videos. There's a lot of those on YouTube where it's just like scenes cut that really fit the vibe of the song. And I'm very interested in that of like how uh, the music kind of plays into scenes like that and really fit. Um, that's just really interesting to me. And definitely when I initially had kind of started working on that song specifically, I thought about kind of highway driving and you had some of those oh my God, in there that's just cra- right off the bat. And it's like, okay. That's what it made me think it. of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was from the base of that video is um, a movie called Wicked City, which is just an insane anime. Um, super gory and violent. And like, just like I said, insane. But what's funny is like a lot of the visuals, like in between, like when they're driving or like the in between of those scenes, are like this super vibey, like purple and red, and like really throwback cool. um, highway driving and into that tunnel. That's all from Wicked City. So it was like funny to use that as the base and kind of threw in stuff around that. But that is so funny that you said that because whenever I heard the song, that was exactly what I thought. It was like a driving at midnight kind of vibe. It worked. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Isn't that cool how you can like do that? And yeah. like we don't. We didn't talk about it. I didn't know that ahead of time. It's yeah. just like what I felt from that song. Thousand percent. Yeah, I was just playing drums before I came over here. This is totally off topic, but uh, while I was playing the drums, I was thinking about. I used to draw more when I was younger, and I was kind of thinking about as I'm getting more proficient at the drums, I can create more like my voice, which is difficult to do on drums. Not just play like a beat, but like do it like you. And then I was thinking, wait, this is just the same as drawing. Like when I'm free freehand drawing something, it's going to turn out. They all looked pretty angular and stuff. And it's like, okay, that's me. And there's a direct correlation to what you're composing when you get to that level of like comfort in it. It's just neat. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, just over time, you don't even know maybe necessarily you're influenced by stuff or, like, that something sticks out to you until you're, like, always, until you start noticing it, like, from creating your own stuff. That's always been very, um, I've always been into that kind of a thing. Like, I always tell my, uh, I work with a bunch of designers, like, graphic designers, and I'm getting a little bit more into it and getting more familiar with, like, composition and stuff like that. But I always had, like, this thing that I would think that I have a hard time, like, putting a thing together. But when I see something, I'm like, that's, I like that. But I couldn't tell you why. Yeah. So I'm trying to get more into that of, like, what about that do I like? Absolutely. And how can I create that? Yeah, and as you get more comfortable with graphic design and want to get more work with that, feel free to just do whatever for me. And I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> and all that. <laughs> Dream Crusher family grows. Dude, yeah, I just love, I love, like, when people actually give a shit about a thing. I think that's really cool and like because anymore it seems like it's almost like kind of like cool or considered cool to like not care about something or like kind of blow something off like and eh, I don't really care about it like I'm so cool I don't have to care about it yeah what's that band wet leg shades shades long that song oh it's I haven't like heard their that. whole aesthetic I love the song don't get me <laughs> wrong but their whole thing is just uh yeah too cool for school yeah but I've always just thought like I've always gravitated towards people that are just like aren't ashamed that they are like like something or care about something or yeah, something meant a lot the nerd-dom. to them. Yeah. The Which is, yeah, that's Dream Crusher. That's, uh, <laughs> this is creating for the sake of creating. Like I'm not trying to make marketable stuff necessarily. I'm making stuff that I enjoy. I've had a, a lot of internal kind of dilemmas of just wondering what, why I'm doing music and with the pandemic and stuff and different bands shifting and how much longer I'm just going to keep trying. Cause I've been doing this for a while and, uh, it, it turns out, yeah, I can't not do it. It's, uh, it's definitely in there. And even if it's not going to like look like a marketable thing or something to somebody else, then I'm still, it's art. Yeah. So. Like you still are making something that you're proud of or like you're getting to collab with people that you like. Yeah. And I, I think a uh, deeper problem is that with like algorithm and social media stuff, we're like, we're kind of losing people caring about the things. Like you're saying, it's you're having to get quantity to try to stoke the algorithm and land into the whatever. <laughs> and just like, when I started playing music, if you sold a song to a commercial, you sold out. Like that was looked down upon yeah. pretty heavily how dare you make money for your art yeah well i remember uh outback steakhouse using the of montreal song and everyone was just like whoa this is just terrible and now uh <laughs> the goal for a lot of indie bands is to get on like a tropicana commercial because that's where the money is because live isn't selling as much anymore and it's just digital streaming so how do you get that you get in some commercials they pay you and it's just soulless right and so i am kind of thinking there's the pendulum's going to swing back and people that aren't just constantly posting and trying to fit the algorithm and whatever granted they will be harder to find but when you find them i think it's going to be worth something more later even if it's not right now it's look back on it and go oh i'm pretty proud of that that was cool art and that is what is important to me yeah it's kind of a bummer a little bit like people care more about, like, everything's content now. And it's not just, like... Yeah. It's just, like, a cool song. Like, can you yeah. just let a cool song be a cool song? Yeah, like, it's like, well, I would have... Oh, man. So, also, there's uh, playlist submissions that you can do with your, your I heard, songs. I was just seeing about that on TikTok, actually. Some guy was, like, um, to get it how to, to get curators, on... Yeah. Basically, yeah. I was and like, wow. They all have opinions. They'll write back to you, you know, 
the vocal melody was kind of eh, but cool with the guitars. And you're like, what? Have you ever touched a guitar? Do you? <laughs> why do you have any sort of importance? You have ten thousand followers that you've paid for. Like, so I don't know. the The industry is shifting, and it's. I think if we really hold on to the what's important and genuine and art for the sake of art, it'll eventually matter again. Hopefully. Yeah, that or is I'm true. Or I'm just starry eyed. Vote for me for president. I hope you're right. <laughs> I really do. It has. It's like a kind of kind of this double edged sword. I found um, a couple bands recently from TikTok just showing up on my page, and I'm like, these bands are pretty tight. Like, yeah, you guys nailed it by serving me this content on my um, TikTok or whatever. So very relevant so like, experience that was kind of internally upsetting for me. Oh uh, man, just Sunday I went to a show. A, a group called Cannons. I hadn't heard of them oh, before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Beer City? Yeah. yeah. Had a bunch of buddies that went to that. Yeah. So I'd never heard of the band, but I had friends going, and they'd said, you should check them out. And I listened to a couple songs, and I was like, oh, this is good pop. And went to the show, and yeah, they were clearly a TikTok band that has gotten success <laughs> <laughs> from these social media things, and not because of like good songwriting or experience. They were... They started the first song, got maybe 20 seconds in, and missed a very obvious cue and had to go back off stage. They let us start again. Oh, shit. And I was that's like, awkward. Oh, yeah, that's a little little bit of a bad start. And then they got going, and I don't know. Uh, <laughs> everyone, I, I'm used to people getting their phones out at shows, but this was a disproportionate number of people that were clearly just, they wanted to post that they were there with the social media band on social media. Yeah. So the reason this band is famous, I found out, is... Uh, if you remember the guy that was skateboarding, drinking juice oh, yeah, to yeah, Fleetwood yeah. Mac. So he had that big viral moment. And then the next thing that he put out was a Canon song. Like the next video thing that he had, had a Canon song and then they blew up. Wow. So don't you think maybe they paid for that placement on his TikTok? Cause they why does he have any relation? That's and true. then Sure, they start getting a bunch of streams, people come out to their shows, and then it's a very underwhelming experience, but then a lot of the people don't really care, and tickets were selling like crazy, and then I'm out here trying to do the authentic thing and watching it all burn, and it's a little bit of a... Str I just sound like an old man just yelling. <laughs> yelling at clouds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it's difficult because, you know, with when it comes to music like that, I think especially someone that plays music, He's like, you think that thing should come first, not like yes, not the being image. in the right place in the right time or having a cool post or absolutely. That's always difficult to bridge because it's like that's still art in its own way, I guess. Yeah. But it's it seems like it's just not like in the right heart of like yeah, just putting out music and loving music. I think there's a difference between manufacturing that virality. Like, is virality a word? I know virality I right. is a word. <laughs> uh, when if something's gone viral. And they paid for that. Like, they they probably paid for that TikTok spot versus a song catching on and becoming popular because it people just like it. Yeah. Is he, uh, you think it's, it's, like, not genuine? Is that yes. how it comes across? Yeah, it loses the, the gen... There was a reason that thing was viral or, or caught people's attention organically, and it's not as much there when you're, like, just buying space in people's minds. Yeah, that is true. It's, like... There's an interesting one because that is definitely a thing. And Cannons was someone I heard of from, uh, I think you probably know Ryan Drake. 
He, he was there. I saw him. Yeah, he's yep. the Hi, first Ryan. person that told me about cannons, and I was uh, like, "That's yeah, crazy." That does not surprise but, um, me. Sorry, I, I love you, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> we let's, let's we stay in Ryan on this yeah. podcast, but um, you know, you know I that watched uh, MTV's The Challenge together pretty regularly. I go over to his house. So, like, <laughs> I we get along. Yeah. We talk about all those uh, garbage MTV shows. Yeah. That's um, kind of in my wheelhouse too. <laughs> Here I have like art. And I'm like also I love uh, you're the one <laughs> on MTV. Oh man, <laughs> what is that again? Uh, or are you the one? Oh, it's are the you dating the one? show? Yeah, the dating. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's really trash TV. But uh, also, sorry, Cannons, if you hear this. Oh shit, they're gonna be like, what the you're fuck? Great. They're bla- lambasting us on this damn podcast. Come after Dream Crusher, and that's going to give me the traction. <laughs> they are going to crush your dream. <laughs> this was a whole marketing ploy. Yeah, this, You're going to call I'm it cannons <laughs> and then go viral off of that. Yeah, no one knows whose narrative <laughs> is running this, who's paying for this. Well, I did see um, there's a couple of things that that, that brings uh, – that that makes me think of is um, – do you remember that? It was a pop song that was like a – I think the girl's from Scotland, but she it was the song that was like A B C D E F U. Like, oh. Do you remember that song? No. It was like a pop song, and it was like a breakup song, like yeah. "Fuck You" and your sister and your mom and your dog. It was a it was like a kind of a big had a big moment. It was a pop song, and this, I think this girl is from Scotland. But I remember seeing someone um, break this thing down of like uh, she was writing little ditties on tiktok like incomplete like ideas or whatever and there's a comment on one of her videos it was like you should write a breakup song using the alphabet and so she does that yeah. as like a bit and then that goes viral yeah and then they do the full song she gets a record deal blah 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 blah. that seems organic well we find out later that the person that commented that was they her. looked them up oh. and that person was like um a and r at like a label so I was like, oh, man, did they, like, manufacture that whole thing? Even if that's not what happened, it's yeah. like, that's too coincidental yeah. for that well, not to be. Well, it's definitely what happened. And uh, I'm pretty sure Wet Leg is an industry plant, even though they sound great. <laughs> <they're> pretty sure. <laughs> I bought into that, too. But there is, like, um, you know, I think the second, by the time this comes out, the second part of Stranger Things will have been out. Yeah. And Kate really Bush watch, is, yeah. Kate Bush is, like, having a huge moment with her song running up that hill. And yeah. it was like. They, yeah, they asked her to write that, or if they could use her song, but I don't know that she knew how huge it would be for her. I think she would think it was, like, cool and, like, it would yeah. be big, but, like, that every single TikTok is using that song now, and it's trending. And I think she it went number one, like, on the billboards for her for the first time. It didn't even, when it, she wrote it in 1985, it didn't even chart yeah. that high. And it's like, man, that's crazy that... But then it's also dictating what's going on musically. She made art for the sake of art back then. Yeah, and it paid off now. So I've been seeing that. Uh, that back around that uh, Back to the Future meme. It was like because it didn't do very well when it came out. It was like, um, you guys don't like this, but your kids are gonna love it. Like you guys aren't ready for this, but your kids are gonna love it. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I love that. Yeah, but the, that's interesting. It's kind of the, it's a similar thing that happened, but it doesn't seem quite as like contrived, I guess. But yeah. It's so hard to know, man. It just sometimes it does feel like I don't know when it's, when you love something and you are genuinely like get fulfillment out of doing it. When you see someone doing it and it's like for like an ingenuine way or like a way that's just like straight up a cash grab, it is. It probably is just unsettling. It is, yeah. But also, I would do it <laughs> <laughs> in a heartbeat, like <laughs> whatever. 
I can't. I I don't have the opportunity to do it, so I haven't done it. Right. <laughs> but if someone said, "Hey, we'll we'll sign you and pay you a million dollars to do this thing," I'll, I'd probably do it. Well, I mean, it's just no the, matter what it is. That was like the thing <laughs> was like you don't want to sell out or whatever, and it's like yeah. that was like the big thing for bands, like when a band would get signed or something, and you're like you like them because they were underground, and now you're like mad that they're getting paid, and it's like, dude, this band that you love now a lot of people are gonna know about it. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know, it's kind of a double-edged sword kind of a thing. I was just thinking in my head uh, how I could do some weird marketing thing and just like play a bad recording of my next song, but I don't think that's smart. (laughs) (laughs) Lo-fi. Because I've I've done some interesting, oh yeah, anywho, check out Dream Crusher on TikTok. I've got uh, a song, Frankie, full video. But uh, one of the marketing ideas that I've had that Adam was helping implement is uh, there's a phone number that... Uh, he bought the the phone number. It's like a Google phone number, and we re- we recorded on the voicemail the Dream Crusher song that I was releasing after that. So you call the number, and then you hear the the just terribly grainy whatever version of the song. And I thought it was pretty fun. I don't know if you ever use the Hollow Notes hotline. Oh no, I've heard of that though. Yeah, you can call a number, and then it'll tell you different Hollow Notes songs. You pick the one. So we're kind of hearkening back to that. Uh, that's pretty cool. I remember the thing was like a um did you got you guys are doing like the the album art is very like throwback and like real weathered type. Cuz he is he doing the design for you? Are you yeah, working on it? Yeah, okay. he is. He's doing uh, this one. Yeah. Mike Allen did the first one. Shout out to Mike. I remember yeah. one got flagged cuz you th- they thought you were like oh, yeah. copywriting. That was ins- Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so that was because we had the image of a CD on it so cd baby is the distribution company that i was using i'm just trying to burn bridges everywhere cd baby come (laughs) at me calling you out for this nonsense uh yeah so we had the art is a picture of a cd and they said we can't have art that shows the image of a cd but why we had already released one song (laughs) with the cd like we'd already done this once and they just didn't catch it so then this time they said, no, 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 we, we see this. And I said, hey, I've already done this once. Like, they're like, no, we still can't. What the and heck? so we got rid of the barcode thing. And then they said, no, now there's still a different thing. And it's like, <laughs> well, this is still better than the other. But yeah, so we just made a bunch of little joke versions of it that said, like, are you happy now? Instead of what the art was, <laughs> wondering if they'd even notice. They just don't want to see Dream Crusher shine. Come on now. Yeah. Hating ass haters. But I do like, I've been trying to think of fun ideas, different ways to promote songs that are just a little less conventional instead of just 30 second reel of it distorted with flashing lights or something. Yeah. Which I've probably done before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, I was thinking about this earlier when because I, I knew I was going to talk to you. It's like, I think at this point, if I'm remembering right, you were the last piece of the NIMS that I needed to have on my show. <laughs> I think I've had Dylan, James. James was episode one. Mike was episode two. Oh, no, no. Mike was episode one. James was episode two. And I've had Dave. And I think that's everybody. I just needed you. I needed yeah, you to the complete. You're the, yeah. uh, the last um, uh, Infinity Stone I needed to complete my gauntlet, <laughs> get my Thanos on. Yeah, that's at least <laughs> of the current lineup. They've had several other people play before I joined the Legacy. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, how did you get hooked up with them? Like, did you know James from, like, back in the day or something? Yeah, uh, so I used to play in Deer People, and oh, okay. we played with the Nims a couple times, and 
uh, James was talking to me at, I think, Speakeasy one time, and it was weird. He said they were looking for a pianist, and I am not really a pianist, but I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> and so I got put in the band on piano for a little bit. I think we played one show with me on piano before David said, I want to get back on the piano. And I was like, well, Mike's on the bass, so I, I guess I'll go to the guitar. And now I I play guitar in that band, but I am also not a guitarist. I am a bassist right. at heart. <laughs> <laughs> I can play the other things because that's what I'm doing with Dream Crusher and stuff. But yeah. It's just kind of funny. That's I've just never really been in my element in that group. <laughs> just <kinda laughs> He's kind of like figuring a, it out. Oh uh, yeah, a utility guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's cool. I um so I think we're around the same age. I think I'm 31, maybe are you around my age? I'm 50. No, you're not. Come Back on, to the now. future. Don't play. Anyway, I can't tell anyone how old I am. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. The, the, they'll the know your secret. Alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um you know, I, I I really enjoy like the era that I grew up in where it was like um, getting CDs tactile and like being able to read the liner notes and yes. watching MTV and stuff like that. Thousand percent. Uh, can you talk about some of the bands maybe you liked growing up? Like if like maybe your first couple CDs you remember buying? Yeah, what a storied history. Um, <laughs> the first CD that I bought was Bare Naked Ladies oh <laughs> Stunt. I love it. Yeah, that was when I was in sixth grade. So if you want to figure out the age from that, you can. <laughs> Um, I remember shortly after that, really needing to buy the Eiffel 65 CD. You know the song, Hell Blue? yeah, brother. I'm blue, da-ba-dee, da-ba-dee. <laughs> I bought that CD. And then my friend also, my best friend at the time, bought the CD as well. So we both had copies of it for no reason. And uh, I know after that, I had my first run-in with trying to buy an explicit content CD when I wanted Papa Roach. Oh, my. Yeah. Our scars remind us that the past is real. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it went from that to a, a lot of classic rock stuff. and But then I got into burning CDs. I've never been a very true, like, true to the buying, what am I trying to say? As a musician, I definitely have pirated a lot of things. Oh, oh Spotify yeah, yeah. and stuff, even though I know it's terrible for the artist. Listen, there's people that pirate songs, and then there's liars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only two types of people in this world. Yeah, so I <laughs> burned just a whole bunch of CDs and had a whole bunch of classic rock, and then I went into a jam band phase and had, like, 12 live Fish albums, and, you know, now I don't listen to any of that. Then I went to, I think, pop punk like Blink-182, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket was a great album for the, the live one. I don't know if you remember that. I uh, still yeah. quote that. <laughs> I don't know why. It's we just we, we, ran, we played that a lot in the Mark, Tom, and Travis show. We, we used to play those CDs quite a bit. Oh, uh, I don't think I know what show you're talking about. Oh, uh, the Mark, Tom, and Travis show the, is like a live. That might have been, I don't know if that was the oh, wait, that yes, live yes, album. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that is that one. Okay, I thought you were saying you hosted a show called the Mark, Oh, Tom, no, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that sounds like they're playing off the name of that album. Uh, yeah, we used to play that like all the time. Like uh, I had a buddy that, I don't know. I think every friend group has like the buddy that always wa just either de facto drives or wants to drive, wants to be the driver. So he'd always drive, and um, that was he. Would, we wore that out that summer. Yeah, the, my, I think it was my junior year. We just, for whatever reason, latched onto that album. Prince Ferdinand, I had in my oh, man. player for maybe six months straight, and just ripped that one apart. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I was very into. I've I've gone through a whole bunch of different phases, and I all about the CD buying process, watching that die, and then thinking ah punk rock, you know, 
we hate Lars from Metallica, but even though he's probably making some good points about yeah. Napster. <laughs> <laughs> but in this moment, it's inconvenient for yeah. me. <laughs> uh, and then I've seen the evolution to where we are now, where, you know, hopefully I can sell something to Google. Yeah. <laughs> Get on a commercial. <laughs> to my overlords. <laughs> no, he, um, it, it is just like, it's so different now to, I mean, you were talking about earlier getting on playlists. That's like the big way people are finding songs now are like the Discover Daily on Spotify, shit like that. Yep. Back then, it was like, I've talked about this at large with it. Just about everyone I've talked to about buying CDs is like, found a lot of bands just from getting the sleeve in their CD and seeing the bands that they thanked or something like, yeah. Or like, Oh, okay. They're on this label. What's what other bands are on that label? Like, let me find other stuff that maybe I would like Yeah, labels. RIP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, I mean, it was an interesting time to grow up because it was like, it was like a lot more work to actually find bands that you liked and like figure out what song is that. Now it's like you can Google a couple lyrics and figure out a song. Yeah, the access is just insane. So my kind of listening style on Spotify is I listen to tons of new artists. So I'm doing the release radar every Friday. I'm sifting through, and if there's anything I even kind of like, I'm going to the album. I'm checking all the, the stuff that I can. But I'm, I'm making playlists of that, and it's like a, a time capsule for me. So it's a one-per-month kind of deal. But I never go back and listen to those playlists, and I never go back and find the artists that I liked from before. I will, like, play them for people, and I have no idea what I'm playing. <laughs> it's, uh, it's just <laughs> such listen, a Just never look back. Yeah, it's such a disconnect. It's, it's a... Uh, yeah, it's a challenge because... I love the access that independent artists are getting. You know, it's crazy that I can discover these, but also I'm hearing stuff that I think is just so good and impressive and insane. And it's, you know, 700 streams. And it's like no one else is going right. to see this ever. And, it's and just, some kid made it in his bedroom and you're like, how the fuck? Yeah. And it's like, okay, so I'm up against that. But it's also, I don't know. There's just so much content. There's, I don't know how anyone could keep up in it. Yeah. I mean, that's just. I forgot the, what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the nature of it now, man, it's just like we're more connected now than any other time in human history. Like, it's just the access is instant. I yeah. mean, in every sense of the word, for sure. Just everything about the, the listening industry has shifted so much in our. Like, we, we hit a real window with our age of mm. watching stuff change from MTV being new when we were growing up to. Like where that is now, it's all just ridiculousness. Yeah, the entire time. Rob Deerdeck bought MTV. Yeah. I think uh, did he? I, I don't know. Think he might have. <laughs> honestly, uh, not that anyone knows what's on cable. Like, yeah, so, sure. But then I'm thinking about when I have tried to promote bands that I've been in, the effort that it used to take to get all of us in a 30 second video that was edited with text over it, announcing a show and being like a little funny. That would take like a month of planning and <laughs> a few hours. And then now it's just pull out the phone and blah, you got a thing with TikTok filters and it looks great, professional. And But then you're leveling a bunch of playing field that I don't know is good because people that haven't had to go through certain processes are jumping the line and then it's not sustainable Oh, man, I'm veering off again. No, you're right. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly, the, that's like the bad, or not necessarily the bad, but that's the other side of it 
being so instant and that connection. Yeah. Um, it's crazy impressive. It's really cool, but yeah. it's also kind of squandering some of the, right. Like, um, the, uh, discernment, the, you know, well, you can't tell if something's bad now cause it looks good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cannons. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate that they're cannons because this is shots fired for sure. <laughs> I wish we had. I should have brought a little. Bow, bow, it's like a noise. Little maker. Seinfeld baseline there. <laughs> um. Well, I've talked to a lot of my buddies too about. I mean, kind of sticking on that Spotify thing. It's like just the nature of music too. It used to be like you were talking about Eiffel sixty five. You bought the entire album for one song. Oh, yeah. And that's how it was for the longest time. It was like you'd be an album. You'd get a whole album for one song, and now it's like we're in the age of singles. To think I almost lived a life without hearing the rest of those songs on the <laughs> Eiffel 65 album. It's it a low-key so banger. Good. Yeah. <laughs> now, the first uh, tape cassette that I bought, to go back even farther, Hootie and the Blowfish, Cracked Rearview Muir, and I will constantly speak up about how underrated that album is. <laughs> it has like seven number one hits on it. Goddamn. And then Hootie switched over to country, Darius Rucker, same guy, Wagon Wheel, like one of the hugest songs ever. The guy is a powerhouse. Oh, he's a stud. Doesn't get enough credit. Oh, Darius Rucker. Hootie? <laughs> Hootie? <laughs> it is definitely... Um, Man, it is definitely, it's funny, you do feel like old man yelling at clouds, yeah. seeing how it is now, and you're like, absolutely. But, that's but, not how it was when I was a kid, so I don't like it. making a podcast on, like, professional stuff that's going to be, you know, like, this would have been really unattainable. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I do think about that. I never, about it. never thought it. that I'd be doing this, for sure. Yeah. You know, let alone for however many years I've been doing it now, four years, five years. Have you seen... Uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. I was just talking to my friend John about that movie today. That's that new Nicolas Cage movie. It is so good, and just the whole thing is you can't tell at what level of like inception you are within the movie. Like, are okay. they talking about the movie within the movie, or are we looking at the fake movie that they're like? Right. Yeah. So that's kind of we're here complaining about the thing that we're doing. <laughs> it's like very Tropic more. Thunder. You know, Tropic yeah, Thunder was yeah. kind of dunking on movies and like the industry and like how pretentious actors are stuff like that yeah uh, robert downey jr i mean yeah <laughs> we don't need to talk it was like that. cool it was like okay <laughs> for whatever really reason understand how that. That. i was like all right gets a free pass because he's iron man god damn <laughs> i guess we're people forgot <laughs> let's get him canceled i'm <laughs> <laughs> just looking for listeners <laughs> Uh, I do remember seeing the preview for that, so I need to check that movie out. I just watched It's X. so good. It is so good. Oh, X is the one I've been waiting to rent until I have a group of friends to watch Dude, it with me. Because it's so good. Scary movies are... I'm, I'm a wiener. Oh, shit. No, I got yeah. you. Yeah, it'll... You definitely want people around on that one. I like... Okay. <laughs> I'm watching it. My wife had gone out of town for the weekend, and so I was watching it just at home, and I'm, I like scary movies. like, So I'm just sitting there in like one part... <laughs> Literally got me. I like aud like out loud screamed by myself. Like ah, my dogs are like, "What are you doing, bro?" And wow. so I'm like, "I love that movie. It was very good. It was um, I remember seeing the teaser for it like a year ago. Whenever they were first, I think when they were shooting it, maybe. But um, Kid Cudi's in it. Really? So I was like, I fr I had totally forgotten that he had posted about it because I was losing my mind. Like, holy shit, Kid Cudi's gonna be in the A24 movie. It's really because of A24. I love. Yeah, everything the yeah, studio that's puts why out. I was gonna watch it. Yeah, no shit. All right, 
we're going down this rabbit trail now. Then I see. Wait, but also I just watched the Kid Cudi documentary on Amazon Prime, and oh, no it's shit. really fun to find out how close he is with Shia LaBeouf. Like, what? They have a really weird <laughs> friendship that's fun to look at. They're all about creating for the sake of creating and art, and just you know they have the money to be able to do that, but. Here I am also talking about it and making fun of it. Even but, uh, Stevens, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf has, done rap, has rapped before. I remember yeah. seeing his freestyle he did on Sway. I was just like, he raps? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that movie, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, also Everything Everywhere All at Once, that came out pretty recently. It blew my fucking mind. Yeah. It was so good. That was the message I needed of just, you know, gratitude. Because yeah. everything is so crazy. It's just like, well, you can appreciate some stuff. I love movies like that, man. Like that, just that scene um, where it's like the rocks on the plateau. And I'm like, how can you, this isn't even anything happening. And it's text on a screen with rocks. Yeah. And I'm like moved to tears. Yeah. Like, wow, this is so yeah crazy that this is how I'm feeling about this. A twenty four man, like I am. Um, we watched the Green Knight here when it premiered, um, so that was the la- one of the last ones I'd seen was the Green Knight. Um, yeah, I'll I, I want to watch like Red Rocket. Team. Have you seen that? I've seen a lot of the A twenty four films, but not all of them. Yeah, so I can't talk too much about it. But uh, Red Rocket, no, I don't think so. Is that the oh, what's that actor's name? Simon Rex. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. I just I've watched a podcast. Watched a podcast. What does that even mean? <laughs> It was on YouTube, um, where they interviewed him, and he was talking about the movie, and I wanted to watch it after. Yeah. It was it um, We Might Be Drunk? Yes. Dude, I love that show. Ah! It's like my favorite <laughs> show. I just did a, uh, I just drew a poster of uh, of um, Sam Morell. Yeah. Because he's going to be here in November. Okay. I'm actually, I don't know. If he was I'll here. go ahead and say it, but I'll uh, try to, I'm try- I want to do an interview with him. I want to try to get him on my show, because he does a podcast. Yeah. If, so. if you get him on. Let me like hang out no, in the yeah, hallway. No, yeah, come co-host for sure. I went and saw him at Breakdown Comedy. Not, not I too missed long. it. He was yeah. in here last December, I think. Yeah, uh, he's my favorite comic right now. Though. He is okay. Yeah. Mark Norman's my favorite. Mark Norman's. Yeah, I've been a whole fan different of his style for, like, than Sam. Six years. Yeah, I, <laughs> I used to listen to so much uh, Tuesdays with Stories, which is Mark Norman's yeah. podcast with Joe List, that I started to develop a cadence like. A <laughs> My voice was starting to sound kind of like Mark, like comedy. <laughs> uh, comedy. Oh, can you believe pick it? Pick it up, pick yeah. it up, pick it up. So I, I got to watch myself. <laughs> I hope I don't sound like that now. <sighs> straighten out. But yeah, no, it's, uh, I love uh, both of those spots. Well, he just had, um, I, uh, this dates right. the episode a little bit, but they had uh, Tom Segura on recently. And I guess I my, watched that's it. my other guy right now. I just finished that episode, but. That's my birthday buddy, Tom Segura. Oh, yeah. I mean, him had the same birthday. Nice. But he played a show here. Tom Segura played the Tower Theater a couple years ago. Andy's doing Criterion, I think, in October. Yeah. And yeah. they, what, added two more days on? I think so. He just keeps selling out. That Dude, man is he's making crushing. so much money right now. He's crushing. I uh, I remember I was up here. This is whenever um, the studio was down a couple uh, um, doors here at Tower Theater upstairs, but the green room is like two doors from where the studio used to be. And so when, um, when whoever's here is in that green room, anyone, like if that door is open, you could just see like who's in there. And so that was like a funny thing that would happen to me a lot. Cause like I would, I would be up here all t- all the time, like all times of the day. Yeah. And, uh, that was one that I walked out of the room at the same time Tom Segura did 
from the green room, and I'm like, Tom Segura. <laughs> and he's like, hey, man. Wow. I was like, holy shit. Said something. Like, yeah, I was like, that's crazy. Like, what's up, man? <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> but that's happened to me a lot here. Uh, same thing happened with uh, Dan from Augustana. It was a band I really liked back in the day when I was in high school. Nice. I was like, fucking Dan from Augustana? What's up, dude? <laughs> Do you know who you are? You're you. <laughs> but... Yeah, dude, I, that's my favorite podcast right now. We might be drunk. Like, I love that. I want to get there. Yeah. They have a whiskey now. Oh, really? Yeah, Bodega. they came out with it. Yeah. It's called Bodega Cat. Oh, well, yeah, I've, okay. I've seen that advertised. I yeah. just didn't know what that was for. Yeah, they made their own whiskey for... Uh, I knew that was their goal with that podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a comedy nerd. Oh, really? Like, it, sure. So, Mark Norman's your guy right now, you said? Yeah, and I mean, Joe List also. So, Tuesdays with Stories is really just where I'm at. Yeah. Um, but... Mike Berbiglia is working it out. Dude, I listen to <laughs> every week. Yeah, um, he's great. The Rosenthal Jezel wait Jezelnik Rosenthal Vanity Project is uh, Anthony Jezelnik's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That podcast is amazing. I haven't even, I haven't even listened to that one. I you need to check it out. out. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's I really like good. him. He's a great writer. Yeah, um, yeah. His persona, like, it's nice on podcasts to see him just be a little bit more normal. Yeah, like not as on with like yeah, his act, not and so sinister. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of his shtick, I guess. That's his thing. Yeah. My 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 guy for the longest time was um uh oh just blank uh, Greg Giraldo. Oh, that yeah. was my guy yeah. for the longest time yeah. and then he passed. He was yeah. so R. smart. R. He was a lawyer. Really? He was a lawyer and then yeah. started he got oh. into comedy. He my favorite joke he did, he was at Hasselhoff's roast and he said, Um, I'm not saying that you're an alcoholic, but when alcohol does its taxes, it lists you as a dependent. <laughs> I was like, what a fucking joke. Like, how did you even think of that? Like, that is so good. Yeah. Uh, another comedian that I think is just super brilliant, like too smart, is Tim Dillon. Oh, I don't think I know him. Oh, man. Uh, I think people can kind of be nervous about him because he's... Uh, Joe Rogan's a fan of his, and Ooh. that comes with a stigma. I see. Yeah, but really, Tim Dillon's his own beast for sure. He's he used to be in real estate. I'm pretty sure, and <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, but he like talks about how he he didn't know anything about it going into it, and how much a, of a racket it all is. And he's just <laughs> very very honest. And uh, he's, I need to check it. Does he have a show? Tim Dillon. Yeah, the Tim Dillon show. Oh, okay, I need yeah. to check that out. It's. I, it's the guaranteed the hardest I'll laugh like every single week because <laughs> he just says insane things. It is also a little uh, doomsday-ish, which can be oh, I love but that. in a funny way. Yeah, yeah, I love doom and gloom. That's very much my vibe for sure. Yeah, because he famously moved to Austin under Joe Rogan's advice and then hated Austin. Oh, no. And so he's just moving back out immediately and makes fun of Austin constantly and how he's going <laughs> to turn his house into an Airbnb for like middle-aged fat white women. Jesus. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to be rich. <laughs> going to make a killing. Yeah. It's too funny. That's what um, Sam Morell's girlfriend, Taylor, Taylor Tomlinson, Tomlinson, she yeah. had a show too. I listened to that. Yep. She only had it for a few episodes. She's but. good. Uh, Kelsey Cook's going to be here in a couple nights. I don't know if you know her. She did the um, YouTube thing with comedians where she plays foosball with them because oh, okay. her parents met on or they're foosball players or something yeah no that's cool man i am um, there's a lot that's there's a lot renan of cool people coming here oh you got to check out renan hirschberg you actually kind of look like him really Weirdly. handsome <laughs> yeah. guy huh? uh yeah he's gonna be here <laughs> in almost exactly a month no shit. and i can get us free tickets i have a code because i'm such an avid fan of breakdown comedy hell yeah Shout brother out, sell me or give me more free stuff yeah <laughs> 
y'all ever need a music opener or music for in between shows? Y'all can yeah, buy us some dream, dream, uh, dream Crusher catalog. That might work. Work out a deal for you. I'm brokering the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give you uh, 5%. Yeah, I got to make that royalty yeah. for sure. That's funny, man. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, after our anime nights on Monday nights, there's a comedy at 10, and Matt Rainey hosts it. And so there's been a lot of guys coming out for that. James has done some sets up that yeah. up there and stuff. So nice. I always love that, man. I always just love being around comedians and comedy. I think I've, it's that and musicians. If you put music and you make music and you put it out, I think that's brave. The same way comedy, when you go up and do comedy in front of people and it doesn't land. A thousand like, percent. Yeah. Calming. Yeah, a thousand percent. Uh, I go to more comedy shows than I do concerts. Really? Absolutely. Yeah, and... I used to go to a bunch more local comedy shows. I don't know if they just stopped being where I was going or what. Because uh, I used to go to Speakeasy every single yeah, Wednesday. Like they had them a lot. And I don't, don't really see yeah. as much of a scene. Because, like, Paramount was a thing, too, and I'd yeah, go there a lot. they closed. Yeah. Also sad. But, uh, yeah, so I was friends with all the comedians from the scene. Josh Lathy and Ryan Drake, that's how I met him. Oh, yeah. Alex and Sanchez I've had on. Keith Huffman yeah. I've had on. Yeah, and then James and him. James, yeah. of course. <laughs> There's plenty more. The guy. Yeah. But, yeah, man, that's – oh, man, I've not really met anyone else that likes – or that listens to We Might Be Drunk, so that's, I'm a little geeking out on We're that out there. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> we out you. Um, I have to show you that poster I made here in a minute for sure. But um, – that's cool, man. I uh, definitely looking forward to. I'm definitely looking forward to the next stuff with Dream Crusher. Um, uh, we'll definitely be sharing that and like um, making people aware of it and everything. If you ever want to premiere a song on here, I'll do it too. So that's always an option if you want to throw one in. Man, it might be kind of fun to just give you the song and it would only exist there. That would be tight until it comes out. Yeah. I don't know. I'll think about it. We'll think about it. <laughs> I haven't put a release date on this yet, but <laughs> I do have one more single uh, ready to go. It's in the can, as they say. It's featuring Hannah Edmondson from Dream Club, and she's also in Computer Girl and Glass, I think. And then uh, John King, who also is in Dream Club, plays saxophone on it. Uh, yeah, it's a so this is like a bit of a disco. More of a party feel. Sick, so, man. Yeah. It's, we love it. It's like the midnight. I always think of the midnight when I hear like saxophone and like synthy drums and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once we get the, the photos and stuff in, in line for that, I'm going to release that single. And upon that release, the second EP from Dream Crusher will be complete. I'm calling this one Dream Crusher-er. <laughs> the art looks amazing. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Mike, no, Adam did it. Uh, for this one, and knocked it out of the park. Adam Lanier. I don't know if he wants work for this, but or <laughs> if he wants to get more artwork, but... Look him up. Yeah, look He's him up. He's a king. Shout out, babes. <laughs> <laughs> getting, getting personal. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that'll be out in a, a couple months. Right that'll on, man, fun. yeah. And you may, so you may or may not hear a song here. We'll, we'll make the TBD. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Maybe it'll give you like 20 seconds. Yeah. That'd be sick, dude. That'd be fun. <laughs> All right. But Derek, man, I appreciate your time for sure. Um, as far as like Dream Crusher, everything you're working on, can you tell people where they can keep up with that, like online, social media, stuff like that? Yeah, so Dream Crusher is on Instagram. It's basically Dream Crusher without any of the any of the vowels. D R M underscore C R S H R. And on TikTok, it is just Dream Crusher, one word, D R M C R S H R. 
uh, active there as this project, but I play in several other groups. Keep your eyes on Audio Book Club and Poor Sap and Kodos and The Nims. And I've been playing with Hotel Knights and whoever oh, else needs me. Yeah, shout out to <laughs> Chase Kirby. Shout yeah. out to Chase. We love him. Got a bunch of good local music. Our scene is cool. Yeah, man. Well, you guys be sure for sure to check out um, Dream Crusher, all his projects. Derek's good people for sure. Super glad I got to have you on finally. We've been coordinating this episode for a minute. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. I love when I get opportunities from this because I don't ever <laughs> have any expectations. <laughs> uh well, as always, guys, you can follow us on social media. It's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.